You are Locked On Rams, your daily Los Angeles Rams podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Rams Nation, what the heck is good? It's your boy Sosa Kremenges, fantasy analyst at Pro Football Focus and your host of the Locked On Rams podcast, your number one daily podcast covering the Los Angeles Rams. I had to change up the intro on you guys. I couldn't get you uh, getting too used to me here, but this season, get football on your time with NFL Game Pass. See all the action from every game with full game replays. You can also replay an entire game and catch all of the plays in just 45 minutes with condensed games. Go to NFL.com slash Game Pass to start your free trial today. NFL Game Pass, where football never stops. In today's episode, as per usual, you guys know how it goes. Every single Friday, we're doing our Fan Mail Friday edition of the Locked On Rams pod. And we've got some great, great questions submitted for this week. We're really just going to dive into them here and do it like usual with the first segment beginning with the offense. But in the last segment, I got something special for you guys. I hope you guys stick around to listen to the final segment as I'll uh, tell you what it's about later. But it's something different and I think you guys are going to really enjoy it. Uh, But back to the beginning here, we're going to start with the offense. And I kind of tied in these two questions together because they're very similar. They're from at Donnie underscore McHenry and at Assorted Goods PC. They said, do you think the Rams are lacking a you know speed or a deep threat at receiver to open up the passing game more? And then the other question was, you think McVay isn't having Jared Goff go downfield more because one, they're playing inferior opponents and he doesn't feel the need to be that aggressive. Or two, he's just accepted that it's sort of a risky thing to do with Jared Goff at this point. And you know, it's tough to say. I, I think it has a little bit to do with personnel, though I think we've seen, you know, the Rams tease the ability to go deep a little bit with rookie Van Jefferson mostly. I don't think we've really seen anyone else work deep too often. It's really been uh, a lot of Jefferson and then nobody else, which, you know, I guess it makes sense. Jefferson is probably the fastest player, uh, at least at that receiver position. Though I definitely expected the Rams to flex Gerald Everett out a little bit more often and even use him in sort of like a field stretching role. Obviously not against a legitimate cornerback. It would be against a safety or, or a linebacker and kind of, you know, they'd have to work a mismatch. But, uh, you know, I think it's sort of what Donnie said as well. They don't really have to go and be super aggressive right now. And so I don't think they want to. And I think, you know, as the season kind of wears on and the Rams start to see different kind of opponents with different kind of strengths and weaknesses as it pertains to their defenses, uh, we're going to start to see the Rams kind of do different things because at some point they're going to have to change it up. They can't just run the ball 35 times every single game and run a lot of stretch play actions every single game. You know, at some point things are going to get nasty. They're going to get behind by a lot like the Bills game, or they're just going to need to find a different way to attack certain defenses. And so, you know, I, I'm going to expect more uh, downfield passing attacks, uh, you know, at some point in this season. I'm not sure when, but I definitely think it'll come at some point. The next question is from JVAS23, my guy. He said, my guy, the Giants front seven played the run very well against us last week. Uh, this week going up against the Washington football team, who, you know, most say is a very good front seven. What adjustments must the Rams make or execute in the running game to perform more success uh, when it comes to the running game uh, as opposed to last week? And yeah, I mean, that's a great question. I, I think the Rams didn't do terrible last week against the Giants when it came to the running game I thought you know the Giants just had a really good defensive game plan they were clearly prepared for what the Rams were going to do and that extended into the passing game too because Jared Goff and the passing offense really didn't do much now you know what can the Rams do well, I think getting K-Makers is going to be interesting. Uh, it sounds like he's going to be playing again. And so having another rotational back and someone who, you know, has the potential to be special in this league uh, is going to be a, probably a positive, I assume. But at the end of the day, it's going to be him up front with the offensive line. K 
can these guys just perform their blocks we know the running game works we know their play calling is you know it goes back through history from the shanahan tree the mike shanahan tree we've seen the outside zone based running game work for so many running backs so many franchises so many offenses and you know we've seen that with the rams too and really we've seen it even suck in 2019 so they just have to execute their blocks We've seen it the first three weeks where the running game was absolutely dominating pretty much everyone. And, you know, I expect to see more of the same. I think they're going to get back on track as long as the offensive line allows for it. You know, these running backs can create at the second level and they just need to execute their blocks. I think, you know, the Rams are going to run a lot of the same of what they've run the first quarter of this season when it comes to outside zone, inside zone, sprinkling a tiny bit of gap scheme stuff, you know, with the Rams don't like to do a ton of gap scheme and I think that's going to remain true. I don't think they're going to change who they are uh, going into this one. So I would expect to see more of the same. We'll just see if they can execute it better than they did in week four. The next question is from at one Rams fan six. He said, why does Sean McVay still cover his mouth with a clipboard when calling plays to Goff while wearing a mask and no crowd noise? I'm just kidding. Uh, The serious part of the question, he said, our O-line, if healthy, could go down as one of the best in years. What do you think? And I agree. You know, I I think they're not going to be as good as that 2018 O-line. I think that offensive line was just fantastic it was a top three offensive line of football they ran the ball at will the entire season going into the playoffs they absolutely dominated teams like the dallas cowboys to the tune of like 300 yards rushing so i don't think they're going to be as good as those guys and they don't really have to be i think this team is pretty much probably just as talented on the offensive side of the ball uh, if not more and so you know as long as they keep playing the way they have through this first quarter of the season which was obviously a big surprise to me because I definitely was concerned about the offensive line. Uh, you know, they're going to give the Rams a chance to not only win every week, but to potentially throw up 30 points on offense every week, to potentially be a top five offense in football, to uh, potentially be an elite offense again. And so uh, I'm very, you know, curious to see how they're going to play these last 12 games. But so far, I definitely agree. I do think that this offensive line is one of the best that the Rams have had in years and probably the second best offensive line since that 2018 offensive line. Our final offensive question is from at Chaz Townsend 97. He said, what are your honest opinions of how Daryl Henderson, Malcolm Brown, and Kay Makers have performed in the first four weeks of 2020, given the absence of Todd Gurley this year? Personally, a fan of the whole rotation thing that we have going on. P.S. Keep up the good work from London, England. Cheers to my mates in England, man. You guys overseas are some of the dopest Rams fans for sure. I don't know if there's many teams in the NFL that have an international following as deep as the Rams do. So uh, keep up the good work over there across the seas. But uh, you know, I really like how the rotation is working. Now for me, I'm not a guy who really believes in a rotation when it comes to the running back position. I think at some point, somebody is going to stand out in terms of just being superior to their backfield mates. And if you're not running that guy more often, if you're not giving him more touches, then that's just silly. And you know, why would you not give the guy who's performing better than everyone else more touches? He should get more touches. And uh, so, you know, we've seen the Rams kind of go away from that strategy because Daryl Henderson in week two and in week three looked absolutely dominant and then in week four the rams go to malcolm brown instead of henderson and so you know it's very confusing to see how they're gonna split up the work amongst all three guys Uh, i would expect to see brown phased out a little bit you know he's the best blocker in the group so i definitely think he still has a role and i think he's probably the toughest runner of the three but i mean he just doesn't have the same explosion as the other two guys do and the other two guys are under contract for much longer Uh, they're both younger they both have a lot more potential so I would look to get Henderson and Akers involved much more often, but you know that's going to be a, a work in progress every single week. I think it's going to be a different rotation, a different guy leading the backfield, and it just looks like a headache for fantasy players, so sorry about that, guys. But coming up in just a moment, 
We're going to carry on to the defensive questions and some miscellaneous questions because there are some interesting ones as well. And while we've got you, come connect with us on Twitter. You can find me at QB's MEP and you can find the page at Locked On Rams. Help support your local businesses. Whether they're your corner stores, coffee spots, or favorite shops, local businesses have always been on your team supporting you and your community. They remember your order and call you by name, always giving back, making a difference, and going that extra mile. But right now, more than ever, local businesses need our support, so let's be there for them. The next time you go shopping, help your team score and choose to shop at local businesses. And while you're there, look for the contactless symbol and tap to pay with a contactless visa to help support your community, because where and how you shop matters. Visa, everywhere you want to be, official partner of the NFL. This football season will be different and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day no matter how you watch this season. Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers. These passionate fans are the real generational talent that Pepsi fuels. Because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game, it's made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for football watching. In the last segment, I teased some of the defensive questions as well as some miscellaneous questions upcoming here. So in this segment, we're obviously going to be talking about, you know, the defense and a lot of the questions about the defense. And and one interesting question about the salary cap we'll get to as well. Uh, To begin, the first question is from at Pezza underscore 09. He says, if there was no salary cap, who would you most welcome back? to our roster from the players that we let go of this offseason example Gurley, cooks fowler littleton zerline nrc oh first of all that's a great question very tough to answer actually and for me i think it it really has to come down to three choices that's dante fowler the edge rusher Corey littleton the inside linebacker and greg zerline surprisingly enough the kicker uh you know when i look at the most impactful player i probably would go with a guy like dante fowler because i think that he would severely upgrade that pass rush opposite of a guy like leonard floyd i think that would form quite a formidable duo at the pass rushing position uh but i guess in order i would probably rank it dante fowler greg zerline and then Corey littleton i think you know at some point the rams are going to have to rely on their kicker and i really really just can't trust uh, Samuel Sloman, as of right now, I think Greg Zerline brought, you know, a ton of ability. Obviously, he was a great kicker. He has unlimited range uh, and he has a ton of consistency in him. So, you know, I missed that and I'm sure a lot of fans do too. But uh, that was a great question, actually. The next one is from at that Sergey, my guy Serge. Congrats on being a daddy. He said, Pass rush. Is it a real pass rush or is it a product of playing a bad offensive line and just blitzing? If we look at that week four game against the New York Giants, it definitely has a lot more to do with playing a bad offensive line and blitzing more often because defensive coordinator Brandon Staley did not hold back. The Rams were happy to bring five guys routinely. Uh, They were clearly interested in kind of putting a hat on a hat, so to speak, when it comes to the defensive side of the ball. We've seen a lot of, you know, blitzing corners, blitzing uh, corners off the nickel spot, blitzing a safety up the gut, blitzing a linebacker. There was a lot of blitzing there, a lot of guys dropping back, a lot of confusion and, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see a lot more of that moving forward. I think they're looking for ways to generate a pass rush outside of being just winning, you know, straight up talent wise. I think they're starting to realize that, you know what, maybe the talent really isn't there. Maybe our guys can't win and we're going to have to scheme pressure. And uh, that's something I'm kind of looking to see if, whether Brandon Staley is going to do more often or not. But, you know, luckily for the Rams, they do face another terrible offensive line this week in the Washington football team. And, you know, we're going to get a better picture of what this pass rush is. Can they win or are they going to have to rely on the blitz or are they going to just not do anything? So uh, it's a big test for them this week and we'll see how they respond. The next question is from at Overbaugh underscore Bill. He said, we know the inside linebackers are struggling. Is it time to start Terrell Burgess or Taylor Rapp as a hybrid linebacker? They probably can't take on a power run game, but they fill gaps aggressively 
and would certainly help the pass defense. And that's a great question. Now, I'm going to cop out of your answer here because, ironically enough, Micah Kaiser is not practicing right now. He's straight, he, he's got two injuries that he's nursing, I believe, a groin and a pec. And that's scary because the pec actually knocked him out of that 2019 season. That was what uh, I believe knocked him out of the whole season. And then Kenny Young, who just returned to practice, I think, on a limited basis. But again, that's your starting two inside linebackers, both banged up right now. And to answer your question, you know, if a guy like Kaiser is missing or if a guy like Young happens to aggravate his injury or just can't go, they I don't know if, whether they have a shot or a, an option or a choice, really, because Troy Reader is going to be one player who's probably going to get a starting nod in that scenario. And then I wonder who would be next to him because I don't know if the Rams have a guy, maybe a guy like Natrez Patrick could, but I would love to see the Rams kick down a Taylor Rapp or a Terrell Burgess. I think Taylor Rapp would probably be best suited for that role with Burgess sliding into his vacated safety spot. You know, that would be similar to what the Cardinals used to run back in the day with Dayon Buchanan, who changed from a safety coming out of college into a money dimebacker in, in uh, the NFL. And so I, you know, that would be interesting to see. I don't know, maybe on early downs, they could run out a more traditional linebacker like a Natrez Patrick or, you know, the two that are healthy right now in Kaiser and Young. And then on third downs or passing downs, sort of kick a guy like Taylor Rapp down. And, you know, they sort of do that already, but I would be very interested to see how that experiment would work. And I think that would be uh, very smart of Brandon Staley to kind of take advantage of and something that he might take advantage of with Jordan Fuller coming back into the, uh, the fold here with, you know, him recovering past his injuries. And, you know, we're going to see whether he wants to run out a bit more of three or four safety sets because they definitely have the depth to do that. The next question is from at Steve Sieber or Cyber. I'm sorry if I mispronounced that. He said, what are your thoughts on the QB change in Washington? Is there any impact to the defensive game plan for the Rams? And I don't think there is. And you heard Brandon Staley come out the other day and say that, you know, it's not really going to change much for the Rams. Now, you know, Kyle Allen is a guy who doesn't have a ton of experience. He started, I believe it was 12 or 13 games last season in 2019 for an injured Cam Newton. And he didn't look very good. This is a replacement level player. He's a backup quarterback for a reason. Uh, And I expect the Rams to essentially tee off and have a very, very productive day on the defensive side of the ball here, which again, I don't think changes much when it comes to Comparing a guy like Haskins and Allen, neither is, you know, tremendously mobile. Neither guy has performed very well throughout the early parts of their careers. I think both guys are relatively mistake prone with Kyle Allen probably being a bit more mistake prone than a guy like Haskins is. But, you know, I think the Rams are going to have to do the same thing that they had planned for Haskins. I don't think much changes here. Just try and apply pressure, try and force these guys into mistakes and let some errant passes come your way. And when they do take advantage of them, and secure the ball because the Rams definitely have secondary players who are ready to definitely pounce on balls. We've seen guys like Darius Williams take full advantage of errant passes. So expect the Rams to definitely have a good day on defense. And no, I don't think much is going to change. The next question is from at Michael Glenn. He said, is David Long a bust at this point? And I don't think he is. No, I'm definitely a bit concerned as to why he didn't win the nickel job or why he can't get any run whatsoever. But fans and Coaches look at things differently. Coaches and franchises, especially the Rams over the past, you know, four or five years at least, they're not as reactionary as fans. They, I'm sure they're not looking at Troy Hill as a major liability right now, whereas fans think he's terrible, right? You know, I don't think David Long is a bust at this point. I don't even think we have any damn clue what he is at this point. I would love to see him a little bit more in that nickel spot or at all, really, but it doesn't seem like that's going to happen at any point, you know, soon for sure. Maybe not at any point this season. And Uh, We might have to wait until 2021 to see what he's made of and what he's got, which is unfortunate. But, you know, that's the way the game goes. And 
It's also a good thing because the Rams do have at least two corners who are playing fantastic football right now in Darius Williams and Jalen Ramsey. The next question is from at Movingo1983. He said snaps were more split with the D uh, this past week with Greg Gaines and Justin Hollins and Sebastian Joseph Day, Morgan Fox, etc. Uh, they're all getting more of a go. Was that based on the game or is that what we can expect moving forward? And that's a great question. I don't know the answer to that. But, you know, I was very thrilled to see these guys getting more opportunities because I do think the front seven was lackluster through the first three games. You know, we didn't see a ton of pressure from the edge rushers and uh, guys like Obo, Okoronkwo, Leonard Floyd, and Samson Ebukam. So I'm happy to see more of a guy like Justin Hollins. And I think, you know, he deserves more run because every time he's played, he's come up with a big sack. And so uh, the early returns there are positive. And then, you know, for the defensive linemen, I love to see it. I, I want to see these guys rotate a lot. You know, Sebastian Joseph Day is now starting at the nose tackle spot. I think he's been very good, particularly against the run. And then you see a guy like Greg Gaines, who shows up a lot on the tape, especially in the last week. I thought he was doing a great job, you know, standing up centers and, uh, you know, offensive linemen at the line of scrimmage. I think he's got a lot of power to him. I think he's very good at, you know, covering both the A gaps on either side of the center. I think he's definitely a guy who can two gap very well. And, you know, I wouldn't be surprised to see more of gains either on early downs. And you guys know my affinity with Morgan Fox. I think he's been just a fantastic player for the Rams this season. It seems like he's getting more run, as he should be, because he's one of the best pass rushers on the team. And that's, you know, going to be his role moving forward, I think, is just continue to get him snaps on second and longs and, you know, third down passing situations and let him work alongside a guy like Aaron Donald and alongside a guy like Michael Brockers and see what he can do because the Rams need any pass rushing help right now that they can get. And Fox is a guy who's shown up over the last two weeks. The final question is from at Dennis Dooley. He says, a lot of people seem to be hyped about uh, rookie edge rusher Terrell Lewis. I'm not. I want to be, but I have not seen any film that will get me pumped up. He's an athlete with good size, but what game should I go back and watch to get on the Lewis train? And uh, I wish I had a better answer for you, but I can't even remember what I ate for lunch last yesterday or today so uh, I definitely don't recall which games his most productive when it comes to college now I can tell you that he had six sacks last season as a I believe as, as a senior in Alabama he just didn't have much production I believe he had only seven sacks over the course of his career at Alabama again injuries were a huge concern coming into the draft and in his time in, t- in Alabama and again it's no surprise that they're carrying over into the NFL but you know Terrell Lewis is going to be a projection he's a guy who's long He's got a good get off. He, he likes to snap jump. And when he can, he looks very effective. Uh, he's got a great body. Like you said, he's a good athlete and he's got a good three cone. And so I think he can bend that corner effectively. And, you know, these are all things that a lot of the good pass rushers in this NFL have and the uh, same traits that a lot of these guys have. So I'm not saying that Terrell Lewis is going to be the next Von Miller. I don't know uh, what he's going to be, but I do think I'm intrigued to see, you know, can he outplay a guy like Samson Ebukam? Can he provide more pass rush than a guy like Obo Okoronkwo? And if he can, he's going to buy himself a ton of snaps in this defense early and often. And, you know, there is a reason he was a third round pick. Obviously, uh, injuries had a lot to do with that. But at the same time, you know, this is a guy with potential. And the Rams put, you know, that flag on Terrell Lewis, even with his injury concerns and his injury history. And that is definitely a positive for, you know, the fan base, at least to think that maybe this is a guy with a lot of potential who the Rams really do believe in, even with all the injuries aside. Coming up when we return, I got my colleague, 
a special guest from Pro Football Focus, longtime NFL analyst Sam Monson. He recently released a great article uh, past the first quarter of the NFL season. He picked his all-pro NFL team, and two Los Angeles Rams made the roster. And I asked Sam just to provide some context as to you know, why he made those selections, why those players made the team, and if there were any Rams that were close to making the team that didn't, and he did name drop someone, but you guys are going to have to listen to hear his opinion and obviously the players that he selected, but make sure to check back with us on Monday for our game recap between the Los Angeles Rams and the Washington football team. The Rams got a great chance to improve their record to 4-1, and and hopefully on Monday, we got another positive review coming your way. Welcome to the final segment of today's podcast. In the last segment, IT's bringing on a special guest, and so today I've got my guy Sam Monson, a longtime veteran uh, PFF NFL analyst, and maybe the greatest DB in PFF history. Sorry, Mr. Uh, If you aren't familiar, Sam wrote a great piece over at PFF about a day ago where he picked his PFF All-Pro team through the first quarter of the season, and uh, we're just going to kind of highlight some of his selections and uh, how we kind of came to uh, selecting certain players and kind of the context behind it. But uh, Sam, my guy, how are you doing today? I'm doing good. How about you? I'm doing good. I thought uh, I'm excited, you know, going into week five here. I think we've had a pretty good and relatively smooth season up until these last few weeks. But that's pretty much all we can ask for in this pandemic and everything. And I really enjoyed your piece. So I think uh, hopefully we can get a few extra eyes on there. And obviously, you know, this is a Rams-centric podcast. So we have to talk about the two players that you selected uh, from the Rams are on your list here, and they both ironically play on the line of scrimmage just on opposite sides. Uh, so at first you picked Andrew Whitworth at the left tackle spot. I believe he was your first team left tackle, and obviously it should come as no surprise. Aaron Donald once again made the list uh, just like he does every year. He's a PFF darling, and with good reason. Obviously, he's one of the best players, you know, not just in the NFL, but maybe ever, and so... I believe he was also a first-team selection at defensive tackle. So why don't you kind of just walk us through how you settled in on those guys and maybe just provide a little bit of context as to what separated them from the second-team players. Yeah, and they were both, excuse me, they were both um, actually pretty close calls. Offensive tackle had a bunch of guys that that had a pretty good case. Um, Whitworth was Ronnie Stanley in Baltimore um, and David Bakhtiari in Green Bay, I think were probably the three options it could have gone with it's a first quarter all pro team so we're dealing with like four weeks of the season so you know if you get to an all pro season at the end of the year and a guy misses some time misses a game or two it's not a big deal but if you're a game down in four games it's it's huge right it's a quarter of the of the potential game time so stanley had missed a game i think that's that sort of ruled him out essentially uh, unless it was a monster gap between him and the next guys uh, and it wasn't and then it, it just came down to Whitworth and Bakhtiari. And, you know, I think Whitworth has been incredible this year. The idea that he's able to play at this level, almost 39 years old at this point, I think, it's it's crazy. I mean, Tom Brady is getting all the attention for playing quarterback at whatever he is, 43 now. But it might be more ridiculous that Whitworth is playing as well as any tackle in football at 39. That just, it's not supposed to happen. It, it's It's... You know, tackles can last a long time and they can play pretty well late into their career, but I can't think of one that's been able to play at an all-pro level approaching 40. I mean, just the the sheer um, physical toll that it takes on a, a body of an offensive lineman is kind of crazy that he's, he's still able to play at that level. And then 
McDonald, it was close again. A defensive tackle or defensive interior guys was not a slam dunk either. And I thought, you know, just glancing at the grade, I thought that Donald actually wasn't going to make it. And we were going to have a couple of other guys there, which would might be the first time we haven't had Donald on an all-pro team since, since his rookie season. Um, I think DeForest Buckner has been the one clear, uh, dominant interior guy this season. He's just been as good as anybody, uh, particularly as a pass rusher. But then the other guys sort of in the contention are either small sample size guys, like randomly Tyson Alualu is playing incredibly well as Pittsburgh's nose tackle, but you know he's down a game, and even even without that, he doesn't play every snap because he's only a nose tackle. Um, like Jeffrey Simmons has a great grade, but he's down a game as well. And one of those games was against uh, the Minnesota Vikings and Drew Samia, who's basically the worst graded offensive lineman in the NFL right now. So you kind of you start knocking off guys, and you end up with Aaron Donald, who hasn't been as dominant, I think, as he's been in previous years. But it says something about his quality that you know, for a relative down season so far for him, he still leads the NFL in total pressures. You know, has some sacks, has a ton of hits and hurries. Like he's still as good a pass rusher as anybody in football. And this is, you know, not his high watermark in terms of play. Yeah, I think, like you said, obviously the small sample size is obviously going to skew things, you know, going in both directions. And ironically enough, I don't know what it is about the Philadelphia Eagles, but every time they play against Aaron Donald, they've got a really good plan to kind of try and neutralize him. And uh, so obviously with that being the case, the Rams did play the Eagles in week two, and he had a really, really quiet game. And so obviously, you know, 25% of the first quarter of the season being a relatively quiet game is going to be enough to potentially leave him on the edge there. Like you said, uh, you were kind of deciding between a few players there. But uh, was there any position or, you know, selection in general that was just really hard for you to pick? I know, uh, surely there had to be a few that, you know, you were kind of going back and forth on for a little while, maybe at that quarterback position or maybe somewhere else. Yeah, I think running back generally was really tough. Um, mm-hmm. I, I thought there was a bunch of guys that could have had a nod. It was very difficult to separate them, particularly in today's NFL where, you know, some guys are essentially ball carriers only guys like Nick Chubb, who aren't really factors in the past game. And then you have almost the other side of the spectrum where there's, there's pass specialists, you know, Alvin Kamara is their passing offense for great chunks, but actually splits the the load in the run game with, um, with Latavius Murray. Mm-hmm. Um, so I kind of, it was very difficult to compare apples and apples um, and try and come up with a, a decent sort of even, you know, where you go with those guys. Yeah. It was, uh, this is kind of just off the rip here. Was Josh Allen someone that you considered at that quarterback spot or was there a decent gap between the Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson tier and then that kind of third next guy? Uh, I, I think it was close, but I think there was enough of a gap. Um, Allen's been incredible. He's been so much better than I think I, I certainly saw coming this season. I think a lot of people, um, he's been amazing. I think in, in a lot of seasons, he would be like an all-pro front runner. Um, but mm-hmm. this year, Aaron Rodgers has been almost flawless. Russell Wilson has been incredible. Those two guys, I think, were the obvious tier of of one-two, but then you know, you've got Josh Allen, you've got a Patrick Mahomes, you've got a bunch of guys just below that, that I think in a, in a normal season would have a really good shot at being that first quarter all pro quarterback, but going up against Rodgers and Wilson, it was just not going to happen. Yeah, that definitely makes sense. And, you know, Rams fans will probably remember in week three that they had a firsthand experience, you know, watching a guy like Josh Allen and 
I, I don't think necessarily he was as good in that game as he was in some others. There was a lot of coverage breakdowns, it felt like, and a lot of open receivers, which led to somewhat of his big day. And, you know, the second half kind of slowed down there. But uh, were there any other Rams players that were kind of on the borderline of making the list? So, you know, obviously there are a handful of guys who are grading up pretty well right now, uh, particularly on the offense. You know, you've got guys like Cooper Cup and Robert Woods. Uh, Daryl Henderson is one of the higher graded running backs. You know, they've got a few offensive linemen that are looking decent. And then when we transition to the other side of the ball, they've got, again, a few cornerbacks and Jalen Ramsey and Darius Williams who are playing pretty well. And even a safety like John Johnson, was there any of these guys that were even close or was it just sort of, you know, uh, really Aaron Donald and Andrew Whitworth standing out and then uh, the rest of the guys kind of not really being as too close? Yeah, Daryl Henderson, I think, at least had a case. He was at least in the conversation at running back or, you know, the fact that offense gets a, a flex position that could get a, a guy like that squeezed in. I, he just suffered for, you know, a relative lack of playing time compared to some other players. But I think in terms of grading, in terms of where he is um, relative to other running backs in the NFL right now, he certainly had a shot. Um, it's just that just didn't have as much playing time as some of the other guys. And as I say, with with just a quarter of the uh, season with just four games to, to work from, I was trying to skew or lean on playing time as uh, more in this team than I would normally do it for an all pro. For sure. Yeah. There's definitely a lack of volume there, which is unfortunate because uh, you know, Rams fans, I'm sure want to see a lot more of Daryl Henderson with how explosive and how dangerous he's looked in his little time on the field. And it is a bit of a head scratcher as to how head coach Sean McVay continues to lean in, in different directions like Malcolm Brown uh, over Henderson. But you know, that's the plan that they've got there. And uh, that's, you know, it's worked out relatively well so far. But my man, Sam, thank you for joining me. And Rams fans, make sure to check back in with us on Monday when I host, you know, the game recap from the week five game between the Los Angeles Rams and the Washington football team. Make sure to follow us on Twitter. You can find me at QB's MVP. You can find Sam at PFF underscore Sam. And you can find the page at Lockdown Rams. Please subscribe or follow to get our latest episodes, content, breaking news, and a whole lot more.